Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Right in, you're Glenn Mack now. Sunday noon, 94 WIP. We check in now with Jeff McClain, the guy who does such a terrific job covering the Eagles. For the Philadelphia Inquirer, I know, Jeff, you are, I'm assuming you're at the airport right now, right? You're getting ready to fly out to uh, Palm, Palm Beach this year, right? That is correct. West Palm Beach. I'm at the uh, airport terminal A. There you go. All right. Well, then let's get to this quickly because I know you've got to catch a flight. Starting with the newest signing yesterday, 218-pound middle linebacker, Kazir, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, Kazir White. Should we be enthused about the 218-pound middle linebacker? I mean, he was definitely someone that I thought the Eagles would target. Uh, you know, obviously based upon his production last year, it was like the first time that he had played all three downs, and and he, I mean, he delivered for the most part. I think 144 tackles and, and had some interceptions and pass breakups and. You know, and that's kind of been the Eagles' mo in terms of when, when you mentioned the 218 pounds. He's a converted safety. There's another reason why I thought they'd be interested in him. Uh, we've seen them do that before with guys, whether they draft them or they, you know, they pick them up somewhere else. Kamir Gruger Hill is one. Uh, Nate Gary. Obviously, they've had some mis- mixed uh, results on that uh, in doing that. But that's you know that's typically what how linebackers are looking nowadays because you just need them to, to run and you need them to cover downfield. And, and this is a guy that. Potentially can play all three downs. You'll have T.J. Edwards, I guess, play opposite him uh, as the Mike. Um, T.J. TJ will probably come off uh, on you know passing downs when they go nickel or dime. Uh, but you still have Davian Taylor in the mix. Uh, I know they still like him, although injuries have been an issue with him. Um, but guys, your wife, you know, one year uh, it's, it's worth up to five million. I mean, this is not a you know backbreaking type of contract. Um, to me, it totally makes sense, and that was a position that they needed to address. If you looked at, looked at Jonathan Gannon's scheme and how, got, you know, when you have this deeper safeties, you're going to place more more stress upon the inside linebackers. And we saw certainly through the first half of the season that was a major issue. Yeah, that's um, that that's kind of what I was thinking, Jeff. Uh, I I remember when they signed Eric Wilson last last off season. Same general idea. I mean, you looked at his yep. numbers. He looked at his numbers. He said, oh, geez, a lot of tackles, a lot of plays. Not bad. You know, and then he came in, and it was just it was just so bad that they benched him, and then they did, and they wind up releasing him. I think that White's a better player, but there, I can't avoid pointing out that there are some similarities there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when they signed Eric Wilson, everyone thought, okay, this is a guy that Jonathan Gannon knows. He'll know how to play in the scheme. He'll be a guy that can run downfield I, I had i watched all the film of him at least of, of the previous season i, I saw examples of it 
he was really bad against the run though. So, and that's something you still have to do if you play linebacker. And that was more the issue. Um, I think in regards to Wilson, I would agree with you that white certainly has some of those. There's some similar, similar traits, uh, in regards to Wilson. Um, but he's, but he's a little younger. I think there's a little more upside and, um, and I think also just to, for the team overall, there'll be more comfort in playing the scheme and, and instead of you know him being part of that that everyone learning at the same time, he'll kind of come into guys who already know how to do it. And and and, and T.J. Edwards, look, he certainly has uh, some some fall some flaws in terms of what he can do, but he really helps shore things up because he he is a smart guy and he really was able to get, uh, get the defense to playing at a little bit of a higher level. Um, once he got in there, and I think that'll help, certainly help uh, Kaiser or if Davian's in there too. I think he'll get some time as well. Jeff McLean is our guest. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff underscore McLean. You had an interesting story I read on the website yesterday. I, I, maybe it's in today's physical paper uh, talking about the Eagles' off season, which Ray and I have been kind of underwhelmed by. And you said that there there are extenuating circumstances that play into their inability to get some players to upgrade what have those been well you know the i mean the one in the headline was don't blame jalen hurts uh, now certainly hurts i think hurts them um pardon the pun in terms of you know, the attractiveness of of the team it, it certainly as it relates to wide receivers but to me that's just a small uh, that's just a symptom of of the greater uh issue and that is just a, a, a series of, of decisions ill-fated decisions that have been made by um, the front office in terms of contracts that have been given out and the bad draft picks that have been made that have kind of put them in a position where they're not very they're not viewed uh, favorably uh, around, around the league. And look, that's not a huge surprise. I mean, they're a team that went four, four eleven and one uh, last year. They did improve. Maybe they thought that they would be a little more attractive coming off uh, a nine eight uh, season in which they went to the playoffs. But I think you know, couple that with with the quarterback and the run based uh, offense, uh, you're not going to get. Uh, top receivers to come here, and that that was the case certainly as it related to uh, Allen Robinson um, and and Christian Christian Kirk. Although I think they did kind of back out in terms of their offer there. Uh, you know, look, you can't fault them entirely. They probably saw that and they went to try to get Calvin Ridley um, in a trade. They didn't see that he would be suspended for an entire year because of gambling. Um, and 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 I and I think at some point they're probably going to you know they already got Zach Pascal. I think Pascal would have been here whether they got one of those guys anyway. Just if you look at his contract, I mean he's just here to be a reserve guy. Right. Um, but look, if they had gotten Calvin Ridley and they, and Hassan Reddick and they were able to get Marcus Williams, uh, I think they're, they're, you wouldn't feel as bad about about the off season. Um, but the Marcus Williams one was one that stung. I think they really made a competitive offer, as good as an offer as the Ravens made, and he just decided he didn't want to come here. And I think that one stung a little bit. And now they're still kind of, you know, they went and signed Anthony Harris, but safety is still an issue. Now they can certainly find someone else and maybe draft that position. And look, there's time to be done. I mean, I wrote that column before they got white. Although, you know, they're now in the second tier, kind of. They're getting the second right. tier, third tier type of free agents. And the other thing that I think that has made, you know, if I'm looking at the Eagles offseason, I'm frankly a little surprised that they are turning, you know, rolling it back with. Fletcher, Derek Barnett. I mean, some of the other contracts. You know, uh, they're not they're not much to bring Boston Scott, Greg Moore back. But I don't know if I if I'm Howie, I'm looking at the roster from last year and saying, hey, these are guys that deserve to come back. Now, look to, again to his credit, he's he's bringing them back at, at lower figures and 
and probably representative of how much they'll be used this year. I think Derek Burnett is not going to be reserved. Fletcher Cox is probably going to be giving snaps over to Noah Williams and whoever they get in the draft. I think they'll probably most definitely take an interior defensive lineman, whether it's one of those first three picks or in the second round. So yeah, it's been it's been a little bit of an underwhelming. Um, I wouldn't say it's been a horrible uh, free agency for the Eagles because again, as you guys know as well as anyone, I mean the teams that go out and spend uh, boatloads of money on free agents in the Jacksonville Jaguars, no one's done it more than none. Um, don't always uh, do well in terms of uh, you know bringing those free agents and, and getting them to uh, pr- produce. And, and we've obviously seen that with Jaguars, who have lost more than 19 over the last decade. Right, right. Uh, was it um, the Anthony Harris one? I I wasn't all that surprised bringing him back. I mean, he was he certainly didn't he certainly didn't set the world on fire last year, but he was okay. Um, but I, yeah. I have to, I have, I have to say that the Barnett one really surprised me, Jeff. I mean, the way the last season ended, um, and the way he played, uh, and the fact that to me he just hasn't taken a step forward as a player. He just hasn't. And after five years, I mean, I thought when when they finished the season last year, if you and I had had a discussion the day after the season ended about who was going to be back, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought in a million years that Derek Barnett would be coming back here again. Frankly, that one really surprised me. It did to me as well, and uh, you know, look, I understand where they're, they're, the way they're looking at it. He hasn't he hasn't even turned twenty six yet. They know this guy. He does give a lot of effort. Is he is he you know they they like that about him? Um, do they like some of the stuff that he's done on the field in terms of penalties and the fact that he only had two sacks in seventeen games? Um, no, um, but they're probably saying, okay, we went went out and got Hassan Reddick. We have Josh Sweat. We give a big contract to. You know, is this guy any any worse than what we can get out there in the market as a third or fourth uh, edge rusher? And in case someone gets hurt, we know that Derek will come in and do the job, and we get to get we bring him back a much cheaper uh, deal than they had. last year. They're paying him around ten million, um, and certainly he didn't deliver. But the counter argument, and I think this is a strong one. This is what I would go on. I just think that there's certain guys you just kind of need to move move on from. Um, when, when you know, with the first rounders, or when, when they're not living up to that. And it's, it's to me, it's like a little bit of a culture thing. It's it's the same way that I would look at Jalen Rager. It's like, you know, what point um, does it benefit him to have him here when you have the entire city against him? Um, no, look, they can't think that way. Sometimes they got to they have to, you know, make their decisions inside that building and 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 based upon what they know inside that building. Um, but to me, I just don't think that Derek Barnett was was probably. We'll see what the contract is. I haven't seen the numbers yet. I can't imagine it's great. Typically, when the agent will, will kind of hide it and won't, it won't get out for <laughs> right. So, exactly. Yeah, when it's not so yeah. great. So I don't think I can understand on paper why they did it, but to me, perception wise, I'm, I'm just not really entirely sure. It's it's where I would go with them when you're trying to kind of move forward uh, with this franchise. All right, Jeff. As we said, you are headed to the owners' meetings. Doesn't seem like there's a, a huge agenda, giant issues this year. Maybe there's something I'm not thinking of. But one is a some potential to change the overtime rules, which my dad, a Buffalo Bills fan, is still stung by uh, from what happened in January. And I guess the the interesting proposal comes from the Eagles. Explain what it is and tell us if it has a chance to pass. Yeah, um, you know, obviously when I come down here, I'm not, I'm less concerned with, with the, the rules and all that kind of stuff because I, I want to get an opportunity to talk to Howie about the offseason, Nick Sirianni, and then we're going to be getting Jeffrey Lurie for the first time since he has spoken um, after they fired Doug Peterson. A lot has happened since then. Um, so those will be my objectives. In terms of the overtime rule, that, I think that will be the big uh, discussion here in terms of amongst the, the entire league. 
The Eagles' um, rule change has to do with the hiring and of um, scouts. And I think uh, they joined up with another team uh, in, in offering this in terms of like when that can happen. Because, look, the league in the last few years to, to try and get um, teams to start hiring um, players, a minority, uh, you know, front office figures, they wanted to, you know, make it so that it would happen in January. So the game now can get uh, without uh, team can't block you in terms of being able to interview for any of those positions. And then this past off season, they lost Brandon Brown and they lost Ian Cunningham, two really uh, promising scouts in their, in their front office to the bears and the giants respectively. And I think the issue with the Eagles was like, okay, why the timing of this is not good. These guys already know pretty much our draft boards. They know our plans for the off season and they can convey those plans to these new teams that they're on, and, and in terms of Brandon Brown, a, a division rival. So why can't we just delay that until after the draft? And I think that's the proposal. Uh, I, some people think it's a little bit of a petty one um, because, again, these aren't really high. high and, you know, they're, they're, they're scouts that are, you know, promising and they're, and they're in positions where they, they do know a lot of important information, but they're not at the top of the pyramid. Uh, and to me, you, you want to – you know, I think you should almost in some way stand back and applaud that these guys are getting an opportunity rather than kind of look at it uh, from your own kind of selfish point of view. I, that's that's one way I could I think they're, you could look at it. Uh, they're probably not looking at it that way. Um, but uh, it's it, I don't know. It's, it's something that I think maybe won't pass um, based upon what I'm hearing. And they are, and they're they're also advancing the idea about the overtime. They're one of the teams. I think they and yeah. the Colts have proposed the idea. Basically, what they're saying is that that the rule should allow both teams to t- to have possession of the ball. You shouldn't have you shouldn't have the rule now. If a team gets the ball, wins the toss, gets the ball, and they score a touchdown, that ends the game. And the Eagles and the Colts have both proposed that's not fair. The other team should at least get the ball for one possession and have an opportunity yeah. to tie. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, I I don't think there's ever really going to be a great solution, but. Um... I, I, I guess that makes a little more sense to me. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Oh God, yes. I, I'd be interested, right? Are you? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think both teams should have the ball. I, I mean, the original idea of sudden death, which they thought was dramatic back in the fifties, you know, that was when kickers were making forty percent of their field goal attempts. Kickers just got too good. You know, you couldn't yeah. have you couldn't have overtime in the current in, in an age when kickers are making eighty percent of their field goal attempts. The the coin flip became prohibitively you know, prohibitively tilted towards the team that won the coin flip. So they had to change that. And I think now, uh, I think now you, you got to give both teams a possession to, to see a season close out for a team when in overtime, when they don't get a chance to touch the ball, I just think is it's unfair and it's unsatisfying. And, you know, yeah. there, there was a big yeah. blowback in this postseason, obviously with the, you know, with the, with the Buffalo, with the Buffalo Kansas city game. But um, I think the time has come to review it and change it. I really do, Jeff. Well, I think that it might happen then. Um, you know, it, it, it seems like something has to happen, I think, based upon what you've said, but also just based upon the, way, the feeling around the league that this is not, this hasn't been working. But that, you know, that'll, you know, that'll be kind of a little bit of a side show. I'm just interested. I haven't, Jeffrey Lurie hasn't spoken. This is probably the longest he's gone in a long time. So I'll be interested to hear what he has to say about his team and about, sure. you know, some of the stuff that has been reported about his involvement in the team. Uh, <laughs> And uh, in terms of uh, Howie's uh, job, and we, we just know that he got a three-year contract extension. Um, you know, like, to me that wasn't a surprise, but uh, and especially the timing, you're not going to have him go into the last year of his contract. And also with Nick, Nick Sirianni being hired, I guess they wanted to have those 
contracts run concurrently, but you know you also want to hear his, his reasoning for it. Yep. Well, we look forward to your coverage. We wish you an easy flight, and we will uh, read you in the choir in the Inquirer and follow you at Jeff underscore McLean on Twitter. Thanks for uh, thanks for being our guest. Have an have an easy flight down there. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks, Glenn and Ray. Talk thank, to you guys right. soon. Thank you, Jeff. Right, thank well. you. Be well. Uh, yeah, I think as, I think they got to change the rule. Yeah, he was very not interested in the overtime rule, and I get it. He's he's covering the Eagles, and you know he's got the as he said he's got the opportunity to talk to Lori for the first time in a while. That's his priority. But uh, and I know this may sound very personal, Ray, and it probably is because I was watching that game with my dad, the Kansas City game, and I can blame that a lot on Sean McDermott and the Bills, but I can also just say the rule stinks because both defenses were gas. Whoever got the ball in overtime was going to win that game. Yep. And that wasn't right. All right. Let's get Robert in Germantown. He wants to talk about the draft. Hello, Robert. Hey, guys. So yesterday I saw a movie uh, that I highly recommend to, to both of you. It's called Automat. I assume you've both been at Horn and Hard Arts over the decades. Well, I did. I don't know if Glenn did. I don't know, if, I don't kid, know if Horn and Hard Arts made it up to uh, I, Buffalo. It didn't. But as a kid, I visited my grandmother in New York. And I'm telling you, I'm eight years old. And we went to this place. And for people who don't remember, which is probably most... It was a giant room that had all these windows, and you would open the window and take out whatever food you wanted. And at yeah. eight years old, I thought it was the coolest invention in the history of mankind. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Great movie. Is it, it a documentary, or is it a dramatic movie? It's a, it's, a, it's a documentary. It's at the Bryn Mawr Film Institute. Okay. And starting in a day or two is a live broadcast, not a live broadcast, a tape of the, mo- the show you were in, Glenn, that I had the pleasure of seeing. They're doing anything goes with Susan. Uh, oh, I'm Foster, going to see that this afternoon. <laughs> I'm going to see that this afternoon at the King of Prussia IMAX. Ray with all of my castmates from Anything Goes. Ah, doing a sing along, okay. no doubt. Oh, I'm sure we will. <laughs> There's like 20 of us going to the theater. I'm just thinking, like normal people who go to the theater to see it, do not know what they are in for as we all start doing it. Oh yeah, it's going to be oh, obnoxious. Tom, Sounds like fun. Sorry, I was sitting here for a while waiting to get on. I'm looking at Steve Serby's thing, of course, in today's New York Post. And here's what he's got. He's got the Eagles picking Jordan Davis at 15, Trent yeah. McCuffey at 16. And, Ray, you didn't mention this guy. Jamison Williams is his choice for wide receiver. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm, a little, I'm a little nervous about the injury. I really am. I, I, Fair enough. I, I mean, I've, you know, the, the memory of Sidney Jones still sticks in my head. And Jamison Williams was a dynamite receiver. Um, but I don't want to use a first round draft pick on a guy coming off torn knee ligaments. I just, I, I'm just not there. If he was healthy, he would absolutely be in play for me. But injured guys in the first round to me just that doesn't go together. Well, last last point. I notice maybe we should trade up. I like this guy a lot, and I know you do too. They got Kyle Hamilton dropping down at 13 to the Texans. Would you trade up for him? Oh boy, I would be. Um, yeah, if he if he got there, I'd be very interested. I I don't think he's getting out of the top ten. He's Thanks, he's Robert. the best safety. He's the best safety by a long shot. Uh, and the Eagles need a safety. I mean, they, to me, they don't really have one. I mean, to bring it back, Anthony Harris doesn't excite me. And Hamilton is the best safety in this crop. And I've I've to me I I mean I haven't slotted everybody, but I have him as a top six pick. If he got out of the top ten, I'd be very surprised. Hey. What, uh, and Steve Serby's been covering football for a long, long time. And everybody's mock draft at this point is just a guess. One of the things I've learned is mock drafts that occur earlier than a couple days before the draft usually are irrelevant because everything changes at the end. Right. Which doesn't mean they're not fun to write and doesn't mean they're not fun to read. It just means I don't put a lot of credence in them. Right. 
But if Jordan Davis fell to fifteen, oh, I would be delighted. I don't. I would be delighted. And you know, it's funny. I thought. I really thought after Indianapolis. I thought after the combine. After he went there and worked out so great. Um, I thought. Well, let's forget it. I mean, he's no. There's no way. He's he's going to be a top ten pick for sure. Uh, and I've had communication with a few people over the last week, actually since Maxwell, when I actually got to spend a little time with Jordan Davis and became even more enamored with him because he seems like a really good kid on top of being a really good player. Mm-hmm. Um, other people say, no, 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 don't, don't, don't rule it out. Don't rule it out. He could, st- he could be there at 15 for the Eagles. Now, that would still surprise me, but if he were there, to me, that would be, an, I mean, that would be a no-brainer. I mean, I would grab him in a second. Absolutely. Let's get Jim in Swarthmore. He wants to talk about March Madness. Hello, Jim. How you doing? Listen, uh, just a couple things. First of all, uh, uh, about Jay Wright, this is a side thing, but this shows the class he has. Jay Wright and I uh, had the same tailor. And, uh, and I did, Square. too, shockingly. Jay? Yes, Jay? The poor, he yeah. passed away about a year yeah. or two ago. Yeah. yeah, and you know the coolest thing? You know, of course, Jay's gotten a lot of exposure because of his outfits. And when they won the national title, they included Gabe in the picture. That <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Yeah, and they had that. On, they had that at, in the shop for you know, uh, you know, for the for the last sure. few years. But that that to me is a class act. Very class act. And on a side note, and I don't know if it's because his tailor passed away, I'm very disappointed to see Jay wearing sweatsuits during these games. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I the first thought I had when I saw him like that, I thought, uh oh. This is the impact of Gabe not not it being could around. Be. Might be. Anyway, the other the other thing is with this overtime. Sometimes in this life we tend to complicate. Uh, to me, why this may sound why why not just instead of trying to come up with some creative way to uh, entertain people, why not just play it like it's the fifth quarter, <laughs> and you know, and and have the same rules that everything apply. Uh, and you know, and if it's a tie after the fifth quarter, you go to a sixth quarter instead of you know. This, this Are you talking about regular season or postseason? Yeah, I'm talking about postseason. Okay, oh, postseason. Yeah, regular season they wouldn't do it. Ray, I mean, there. Well, there's two reasons why they wouldn't do it. Um, number one is it would it would. He's talking about playing it as a true fifth quarter. In other words, Correct. you would play it all the way out for the time. You played 15 minutes. Um, they wouldn't do that because it'd be a lot more plays and. In the minds of the players and the players' association, it would heighten the in, the chance of injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one part of it. The other part of it is, from a TV programming standpoint, they like to have games fall within a three, roughly a three-hour window. If the one o'clock games get them off, so we can get to the four o'clock games coming up at four. Um, and so, if you if you add if you make overtime a fifth quarter, then that game is absolutely going to go an extra. 20, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And so from a TV standpoint, the TV networks wouldn't want that. But more more than anything, it's really just a matter of you're asking guys to play a fifth quarter of a game, and in the NFL with the injuries being what they are now, I don't think anybody would really approve of that. I imagine not. 215-592-9494. We've got some open lines. Good time for you to get in with whatever you want to talk about. You've heard our uh, kind of agenda for the day. We'll add whatever's on your mind. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now on Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 94 WIP. Right in, Glenn Mack, now 94 WIP. We're on until 1. Phillies baseball coming up after that. Bryson stopped playing third base today, Ray. Interesting. I guess they... You know, they, they keep such short benches these days mm-hmm. in the major leagues right. that you really can't have a bench guy other than a catcher who just plays one position. Right. And I take this as a sign that improves his chances to make the club if he can move around the infield a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree. It's um, it's it's obvious they are not sold on Alec Boehm. <laughs> That's pretty obvious. Yeah, well. I mean, I saw. And I've, always, I've I've seen Stott come up as a shortstop, but yeah, maybe he opens as a third baseman. Yeah, I mean, to me, he's a shortstop. I, I think that um, if you're going to if you're going to do this, it doesn't hurt to let give him a look down there. But I mean, it, he's going to be the shortstop. And if you're really thinking along those lines, then Gregorius can be your third baseman. You know, because with him, it's a it really is a matter of range. Um, but it's you know, I I saw a report. I, I think it might have been Jim Salisbury. Um, a week or so ago, said that there's um, there's some talk out there that the Phillies might be willing to trade Alec Baum, which you know two years ago, I mean, you know, he's yeah, I think was he was second for rookie of the year. Yeah, sure, he put, what he hit three thirty something. Yeah, I mean, he, he hit the ball a ton. I mean, he, he couldn't field, but I mean, it wasn't a big deal then. But uh, he looked like he was going to be a big offensive producer. Uh, and then, uh, boy, last year, you know, it, it kind of all went south on him. And um, and now they're uh, apparently he's shopping around, and they might, you know, they they still are a little thin in the pitching area. And uh, uh, Jim, I think I'm pretty sure it was Jim that speculated that there's some conversation that the Phillies might be willing might be willing to move Boom for a for a pitcher for a back end of the rotation pitcher, which probably, you know, you, you don't like to give up on young players that have shown some promise. Not that not that long ago in the past, but, um, I mean, they, they could use another starting pitcher, and you know, if Bohm can bring you back, that might not be a bad idea. So if, under this plan, who's my infield? Bohm leaves, who's my infield? Uh, maybe it is that. You know, maybe it, maybe it, you know, maybe it is Stott at short. Maybe, maybe you, do, you bite the bullet, you put the kid at shortstop to start the season, and you do put Gregorius at third. Maybe. Better, he better be pretty damn sure he's ready. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Bob in Wilmington is with us. Hi, Bob. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Great show as always. Hi, Bob. Um, really, really enjoyed Brandon Graham yesterday. Hard guy not to like. You know that? He is a tremendously likable fellow. You're correct about that. Great smile. And uh, he and his daughter, I've seen them on the Internet together. It's pretty neat. 
Um, I had a question for each one of you. Uh, Ray, a draft question. Um, if Davis isn't there, uh, I've heard a lot about Devontae Wyatt and uh, Winfrey look good at the Senior Bowl. And Glenn, my question for you is concerning the new stadium in Buffalo and what you might know about it. I just hope it's going to be an open air. I can't see a game in Buffalo. With oh, I, I, well, just and I'll do that quick and then let Ray address the question that more people would care about. They they on the agenda this week is a plan. Uh, to get a new stadium in Buffalo. It looks like they got the financing for it after all these years. Uh, I cannot imagine, I haven't read much about it, but I cannot, I, I'm sure I would have heard it was a dome. Buffalo is one of those towns like Green Bay, Chicago. Chicago. Right, where they, yeah. they are proud to play outdoors, and I can't imagine they would move it to that. They they take a certain pro- – those people start tailgating two days ahead when it's 20 below zero. They're not going to – Oh, I know. Gonna, uh, it would be great if it would be natural grass, too. Uh, it, yeah, know, that, would, that would be. It's You know, winters because, up there are kind of tough. Natural grass is is tough in, in January up there. Ray, what's your uh, answer to what his other question? Um, I The other question was uh, about the interior defensive linemen. If – uh, and I think we all agree Jordan Davis is would be our number one. I think he's everybody's number yeah, one at that position. Absolutely. But but beyond that, uh, you know Logan Hall from Houston would probably be uh, in that conversation. You're right about Devontae Wyatt, who also who played next to Davis at Georgia, is a really good player. We had a guy yesterday call up and and ask about Travis Jones, who's a guy who's sort of the same size as as uh, Jordan Davis, um, but he played at UConn and. To me, they're not really comparable players. I mean, he's another six foot six, three hundred and twenty pound guy, but he doesn't have anywhere near the athletic ability. He doesn't have anywhere near the explosion. He's not going to be. Give, he's not going to give you the kind of um, pass rush that that Davis. Well, Davis is a guy with that kind of size that can stop the run and yeah. rush the quarterback and collapse the pocket. To me, Travis Jones is more a guy who's just going to stand in. Stand at the line of scrimmage and and take up blockers and stop the run. But if you're looking for pass rush, and we all know the Eagles are looking for pass rush, Davis is way way is light years ahead of Jones. As we discussed yesterday, if Jordan Davis can have the career here that Fletcher Cox has had, that would be pretty damn. Cool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, David in Phillipsburg is uh, got some thoughts on the Oscars tonight. We discussed those in the eleven o'clock hour. We were underwhelmed. Yeah. David, what do you think? <clears throat> well, uh, hi, fellows. Uh, I want to say that uh, I've enjoyed your shows over the years, uh, Mac and Mac, and uh, oh, the post game live with with Brookie. I've been watching ever since, hmm. and uh, it's really been great all these years. But uh, with the Oscars, I I wanted to have a uh, give you an, my opinion as to why that uh, there's that loss in viewership occurring. And I, I tell you the truth, I think it's it's because they they went woke. I mean, uh, it's not the producers or, or even the guest hosts. It's it's that uh, all the stars get up there and they start lecturing. Yeah, I, and- I, I think that I don't disagree that that contributes. I hate the word woke because I I, I think people use it for whatever they want. But I, I, I will take what you said and say that uh, so many people using it as an opportunity to make political speeches does not uh, build the audience. So I'll, I'll no, agree with that. No. And I just got tired of it, and I, I don't even care if I watch it or not. Now, in regards to the Philly teams that I'm excited about, I'm excited about the the Phillies, and I'm excited about the 76ers, but not quite yet about the Eagles. Maybe after the draft I will be, but 
you know, we'll has see not what been a very inspiring off season. No, thank you, Dave. Yeah, uh, no, I think that's probably true. You have, you have reason. You certainly have reason to be excited about the Sixers. Uh, and uh, and you the know the Phillies Sixers as of this moment. What's that? The first place Sixers as of this moment. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know the next two games, as we said in the first hour, the next two games are going to be they're going they're going to be. I don't want to say revealing. That might be too much. I mean, you're this deep into the season. You kind of know what you know. But I really do want to see how they fare against the Suns on the road and then coming home and playing what I still think is a really good team in Milwaukee here coming off the West Coast road trip. I kind of want to see how they play in those two games. But I, I'm, right now, Glenn, I'm telling you, I think, that, I think they're going to be playing for the Eastern Conference. I think they're going to be one of the two finalists. I really do. Nice. I would, I would be happy with that. And the baseball season is right around the corner, and I think, you know, it's really funny. Um, I was on with Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie this week, and uh, boy, both of those guys, Joe more than John, but, but both of them, they think the Phillies are going to be a playoff team. They really do. I mean, and and Joe and Joe was nice and Joe was pretty drought. yeah, and Joe and Joe was pretty definitive about it. I mean, Joe said the Phillies, not that they could be, but they should be a playoff team. And he said if they fall short, he thinks that Girardi's Girardi's got to go. I mean, Joe's really. I mean, he's he's all in with the Phillies more probably more than I am, probably more than you are. But he really thinks that they not just could but should be in the playoffs this year. The tougher aspect of it for me, I think, is that the division is going to be tougher. The Mets really improved. The, the Mets the Mets are not going to be the pushover that we've been used to them being. And the Marlins, if I look at the Marlins, you know, we're we're just so used to the Marlins winning seventy games. They actually could be a decent team. And the Braves won the World Series last year. And they lost Freddie Freeman, but. They always find guys. The Braves just they call guys up. Austin Riley, the young third baseman, they're they're good. They are good because they so, have a farm system. Yes, they always have a farm system, and shockingly, that can help you sustain. So I think the Phillies will be better, but I can't call them a lock for the playoffs just because I think the division is better. And I mean, it depends on everything, but to me, you need another big year out of Zach Wheeler. Nola's got to pitch better than he did last year. Ranger Suarez, he's not going to pitch to a 138 ERA, but he's got to be a good third starter, uh, and Eflin's got to stay healthy. I, I need a rotation, and, and maybe you get a bounce-back year from Gibson. Mm -hmm. if, I can, if, I can get four, if I can get two really good starters and two pretty good starters, I'll believe it. Am I going to get that out of that quintet, Ray? No. Oh well, well then there you go. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I don't think they're all going to come through for you. Um, if you get uh, four, four, I've all come through. I said I need two to be really good and two to be pretty good. Oh, I'm okay, gonna... okay. Um, yeah, I think that's do. I think that's achievable. And and as Tom McCarthy said when we had Tom McCarthy on, I think he said something that's very true. I think Sir Anthony could be a real key here. That would be something. I mean, if they, if all of a sudden he comes, you you got him coming out of the bullpen throwing ninety eight in the eighth and ninth inning. All of a sudden, the whole team looks different. You know, they signed all these relievers in the offseason, as they do every year, right? It's it's like a new parade of guys coming in to get waxed. Right. And they signed three new back of the bullpen uh, relievers in the offseason, and I don't know if they're going to be any good because they haven't been, you know, the guys who preceded them haven't been. But Sir Anthony, once upon a time, looked like he was going to be special. Well, I know. he was. He was one of your guys. Yes, he was. <laughs> Never too late, right? Well, hey, listen. I mean, I wouldn't. You know, two years away, all kinds of arm problems. Tommy John surgery, closer. I mean, it, it just doesn't. To me, it's not a for. It's not a recipe for success. And I, I, I kind of wrote him off. You know, I heard oh, he's coming back, and I just sort of shrugged my shoulders. And said, yeah, okay, he's going to come back. He's going to try. But 
hey, listen, maybe he's that rare exception of a guy that can go through all of that and come out the other side and and still have and still have his A game. And if he can, yeah, then then the whole, you know, then that whole pitching staff takes on a whole different complexion. I would Absolutely. love to see it. I really would. Absolutely. Uh, I get Paul from Downingtown before the break. Hey, Paul. Hey, good afternoon, guys. So I was just kind of thinking. Um, a lot of excitement, so much about the Phillies and Sixers. And leading up to this offseason, there was a lot of excitement for the Eagles, and it's really fizzled. Um, I don't know how it's going to hit them. Um, but, you know, my comment it, on the Eagles offseason kind of is, if you look at Howie's track record, just on the draft, and you compare it to anybody else in any given profession, it's difficult to argue that they should be receiving a three-year contract. And I understand there's more to being a GM than running a draft. He won a Super but, Bowl. <laughs> well, okay. He did. He won a Super Bowl, and he, and he won a Super Bowl with the team that he put together. I, I, I understand all that. I'm not going to argue about his merits, but I, I think there's so much that people that only look at his merits are missing. I think there's a huge argument for success in spite of Howie Roseman. Like, for instance, had all the first-round picks for the last I don't know how many years not been squandered, where would this team be? You know, had, had the – uh, Eagles not signed so many bad contracts where they had to kick money down the road, where it's you know quite conceivably affecting their ability to sign people right now. Where would they be? I mean, yeah, Paul, I, I don't want. I got to stop you card. only because I'm I'm running low on time and I wanted to get you before the break. But I, I will say this, and I'm not Howie Roseman's biggest defender because much of what you say is true. But the proof of the record is they make the playoffs more often than they don't, and they won a Super Bowl within the last few years, and they won a Super Bowl very much on guys that he signed, and so that's going to give him some job security. Obviously does. I mean, it's, yeah. it's clear that, you know, we have this discussion about Howie, and I've, I've said it before, I'll say it again. It's a, it's a moot conversation. I mean, it's, I mean, you can talk all you want about, you know, they should get another, you know, that's not happening. I mean, yeah. as long as Jeff Lurie runs the team, Howie Roseman's going to be the guy. I mean, that's, it's as simple as that. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We'll get a couple calls in before we turn it over to Phillies baseball. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now on ninety four WIP. All right, a few issues I want to cover here before we get out. Uh, but let us uh, talk one more time about Tommy and me coming to the Buck County Playhouse. Yes, I want to uh, remind everyone that Tommy and me is coming back, and this time it's coming back to the Bucks County Playhouse in New Hope, a great theater with. Just a wonderful history, and I'm just thrilled that they wanted to bring Tommy and me up there. Uh, it will be uh, opening next month. It will be April the 7th, opening night. Uh, Harold Carmichael will be our special guest, and we'll be running through April the 17th. Uh, and you, Glenn Macnell, will be there on Saturday night, the 9th, hosting Love the it. talk back at 8 yep. o'clock. So um, it's 10 performances, April 7th through the 17th, Bucks County Playhouse. Go online to the Bucks County Playhouse website. You'll see a picture of Tommy McDonald. Hit that, and it will take you to the uh, to the page where you can order your tickets. And I look forward to seeing you at the theater. And, well, and and it's it's a great thing that you created. You wrote this thing. It's become an annual event, and you're moving it to different parts of town so that people don't have to commute all that way. I think it's going to be great. People up that area can go and see it, and I advise that they do. Um, just a couple of things I want to cover before I get out of here, some of which we didn't get to yesterday. Did you watch or catch the Deshaun Watson interview in Cleveland? I did. Uh, to quote Hollis Thomas, I would say, awkward. It is <laughs> never a – and I don't quote Hollis Thomas all the time. It is never a positive when your new franchise player is introduced and has to keep saying, like, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. And I don't think he did himself any favors – when he made the 
uh, non-credible announcement that money had nothing to do with him deciding to go to the Browns for five years in a fully guaranteed $230 million. Correct. I mean, After he had yeah. said no, and then the next day they came back and upped the offer, and all of a sudden he said yes. Yeah, I um, listen, I, I agree with most people saying eventually fans will forget about this, but right now it's top of mind for me, and I just I, I'm, I'm rooting against him. I'm rooting against that franchise. Yeah, I thought that the Nothing matters. Yeah, and, and well, I and you and I talked about this a little bit yesterday. I think that um, I thought that the Cleveland reporters. I, I I heard the press conference. I played it back, and I could hear the questions that were being asked. I thought the Cleveland press did a really good job. I thought they asked tough questions, but fair. Uh, and you know, and Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski, mostly Deshaun Watson, just just ducked and dodged and deflected and didn't really answer the didn't really answer the real questions here and. You know the, the the Cleveland Brown fans that have been starved for success have never been to a Super Bowl. If this guy's the guy that takes them there, that all will be forgotten and forgiven. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is, right now it's it's just a really bad look. And by the way, their their owner Jimmy Haslin uh, just said this week, like this wasn't an ownership decision. This was a football decision by our football guys. So he's already you know taking no responsibility. Correct. For um, and they appear to have no takers for Baker Mayfield. No, it doesn't seem that way. I mean, he'll be on somebody's roster, and there are some teams that could use some help. Um, but yeah, I mean, for I mean, what's he, is he going to get a starting job? Is he going to go to like place going to draft a rookie? Be one of those transitional guys? Um, could be. I mean, that's that's probably right about where he is right now. But I think he's still young enough; he could reestablish himself. But when you think about you know, I mean, he was kind of face of the franchise. I mean, he was like a national personage. I mean, they came out with the commercial thing about Baker Mayfield in the state, you know, living in the stadium yeah, I guess and all. Got to give those keys to somebody else. Yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, want to see that commercial. Yeah, I mean, he was first overall pick in the draft, Heisman Trophy winner. Comes to Cleveland, they kind of want to build the team around him, and now it's all gone. Shows you just how quick that stuff can evaporate. Absolutely. And speaking of which, the Bears added Trevor Simeon this week on a two-year deal, which means oh, Nick Foles Nick is Foles. once again in play. Yeah, they just paid him a four million dollar roster bonus. Apparently, yes, yes. His career, his life story is so fascinating to me because he's been great here. Yes. Great twice. And, yes, twice. Won a Super Bowl. We had the twenty seven touchdown, two interception year, and nowhere else. And he signed that eighty eight million dollar deal with the Jags. And obviously, you don't get all that money. Uh, and then got hurt and ended up replaced by Gardner Minshew of all people. And now is like the vagabond. Yep. I I I don't know why. I listen. His magic here will be remembered forever. Oh yeah, and it was true. It was true and magic. Replicated nowhere. <laughs> it was true. It was it was true magic. And uh, uh, you're be right. I mean, he's he's been really really good. Uh, really really good to great, in an Eagles uniform. And it it hasn't happened for him anywhere else. It's 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 it is the strangest career you could ever possibly imagine. It really right. is. Last I mean, people have compared people have compared it to Kurt Warner. It's it's not really. You know, Kurt Warner bounced around, went to a couple different teams. You know, had the had you know the the situation in New York where he's the backup to Eli Manning and he's kind of forgotten. I mean, there's you know there's him, there's Jim Plunkett. I mean, there's some guys that that sort of bounced around and all of a sudden had that magic moment, that magic run. But Nick's to be have so many stops and then have two in one place where it's absolutely going right for him both times. It's I I can't think of another story quite like it. Mm-mm. Well, hey, we got the good part of that. So yes, I'm we not, did. I'm not complaining about that. Last thing, we got 30 seconds on this. 
The wide receiver contracts have exploded. $140 million for Devontae Adams, $120 million for Tariq Hill. And I will just say this. One of them had Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. The other had Patrick Mahomes throwing to him. We'll see how it works somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tariq Hill's a unique player, though. I think he, he could have success just about anywhere. I mean, if he gets the ball in his hands, he just creates things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, I, th- I think what happened with the, with the Chiefs was they paid so much money to Patrick Mahomes. They looked at what, the, what was going to cost to keep Tyreek Hill. And I think Andy just came to the conclusion that if I sign these two guys for the mo- I've already got one. If I sign the other guy and give him that money, I can't afford anybody else. You know, I'll have, yeah. I'll have, two, I'll have two great players, but I won't have a team. And I think they they bit the bullet and made the decision and they moved on from him. And Andy will figure out a way to do it. But it well, they purely signed Valdez Scantling, who's not you know if he stays healthy, he's not bad. Yeah, and they signed Juju Smith Schuster, right? Who okay. I think who is young enough that he can bounce back. So I mean they'll be okay. Yeah. But I mean they did not want to part with Tyreek Hill. But the fact of the no. matter was that the, the money they were talking about they couldn't afford both of them. All right, we got to get out of here. You have any good plans for the rest of the day? Uh, yeah, I actually uh, a gentleman. Uh, I'm going. My wife and I are going to dinner with a guy who paid a lot of money to go to dinner with me and to, to donate money to Pals for Life, the therapy, nice. the therapy pet of uh, visiting sick people in the hospital kind of charity that I, Maria and I, devote some time to. They auction off a dinner with me, and uh, Mr. Arthur Valentine is coming into town, and he and his wife are taking us out to dinner tonight, and oh, and we'll Mr. raise uh, we'll raise some money for some uh, therapy dogs and bunnies. Nice, <laughs> very nice. I am going to see anything goes with my. My theater friends, Ray, it's going to be a sing-along, and people who uh, don't know us aren't going to have any idea that it's coming. Anyway, Phillies baseball is coming up next right here on 94 WIP. Uh, I want to thank Vince Quinn. Uh, I did it again. Kyle Quinn. Sorry, Kyle, for producing. Great job by Kyle. Trust me. It's Kyle. He did a great job. We'll see you next week right here on 94 WIP. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.